The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Now... Here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome aboard. It is Biz Locker Radio. It's presented by the Business Locker Room and Rehearsal VRP. So excited to welcome them in as the title sponsor of Biz Locker Radio. We'll talk more about them as the show unfolds today. This is episode number 75. We are really stoked. A fantastic show on tap for you. Joe Polizzi will join us in just a few moments. We'll talk about his brand new book, but first, let's talk a little bit about the show. Hey, you're in the right place. Compelling interviews, cutting-edge business content from experts in sales, leadership, marketing, social media, business strategy, and so much more. And it has been a whirlwind of guests the last several weeks. If you're in sales, you own a business, if you're in marketing, leadership, we have had some tr- tremendous guests over the past several weeks, and I'll outline who some of those have been. But you can find out all of this at bizlockerroom.com. Make sure you find me. Hey, I'm your host. Kelly Riggs, and you can follow me online on Twitter at Kelly Riggs, and certainly you are always welcome to send me an email. Tell me your thoughts, guest ideas, things you want to talk about, kelly at bizlockerroom.com. We typically are live on video as well at Blab, but not today. Some technical issues we're working through. Have that all worked out for you next week. Make sure you find us on Blab. It gets really fun, interactive on the Blab video platform. I'm excited about that. Hey, by the way, Later part of the show, as always, my good friend Miles Austin will join us, and we'll uh, we'll talk about a brand new tool. Well, it's an extension of something you're aware of. It's called YouTube Red. Miles Austin, he's the fill the funnel guy, uh, the web tools guy. We do the X's and O's segment every Monday on BizLocker Radio, and you'll want to join us. Hey, if you're listening for the first time, BizLockerRadio.com. We do the show every Monday, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific. And you're going to want to check us out. And you want to do what I do, and that is to find the podcast on iTunes. Go to iTunes, download the podcast, listen to it on your daily commute or when you're out driving. So much content on these shows. Last week, I had uh, my good buddy from St. Louis, Mike Weinberg, was on board. We were talking about his brand new book, Sales Management Simplified. It was fantastic. Week before that, Trish Bertuzzi, Sales Development 3.0. Mark Hunter, the week before that. Jeb Blunt, his fabulous new book entitled Fanatical Prospecting the week before that, and it gets better and better as we go along. Hey, I'll tell you about shows upcoming after the first break, but I want to take a a quick time and tell you about my guest today. Joe Polizzi joins me. We're going to talk about 
the marketing of the future and his brand new book, Content Inc. And he's like Jeb Blunt. He's got the longest subtitle on the planet. Let me read this to you. Content Inc., how entrepreneurs use content to build massive audiences and create radically successful businesses. Joe, I don't know how you get all that on a book cover. Kelly, you know, it, it, I love the long subtitles, so we keep making them, every book I do, we keep making them longer and longer, my friend. I'm like, you know, I think I've already read the book. It's right here on the front page. There you go. Oh, good stuff. Let me tell the audience about Joe. Joe is the founder of Content Marketing Institute, and if you saw my uh, intro video intro this week, literally the founder of the idea, or at least the originator of the idea of content marketing. And we talked about that, Joe, in the first show when you were on board. But uh, you, you are the world's renowned institute for education and training around content marketing. And, of course, you're very, very well known. You've won more awards than I can begin to list. You've got your own podcast. A lot of great things going on, Joe. What The newest thing is the book, Content, Inc. Tell us a little bit about how that got started. Uh, you know, I'm super, super excited about this, Kelly. This is my fourth book. The first three books were all targeted to enterprise marketers, and I wanted to do something different for this fourth book. I wanted to talk about how we at Content Marketing Institute were able to take a content-first, audience-first approach. But, of course, in, in good content marketing fashion, we didn't want to talk about ourselves. But, you know, who's going to want to read that book? So we actually went out and we, uh, we interviewed dozens and dozens of companies from all over the world who basically created an audience-first platform, targeted an audience, and then monetized that platform. And we talk about how they created these multi-million-dollar operations. And what was amazing, Kelly, is that as we did these interviews and we reverse-engineered each one, we found out that every one did the same six steps. And we go through those six steps in the book. And what excited me about that was the fact that now I think that small businesses, startups, entrepreneurs can take this. They can take the methodology, what we call the content ink model. They can take it to their particular business, to their particular content niche, and they can grow a very successful audience. And then, of course, along with that comes revenues and profits and success and all the kinds of things they're looking for. So that's what excites me about this one and just getting the word out about it, that there's a better way to do this content marketing thing, and we're seeing a lot of failures, and I don't want to see that anymore. Man, I'm so excited to hear the details. If you're just joining us, Joe Polizzi, J-O-E, of course, then Polizzi, P-U-L-I-Z-Z-I. You can find him on Twitter and follow him. You absolutely must follow Joe Polizzi, JoePolizzi.com, also ContentMarketingInstitute.com. You really start off with an interesting premise and this is what really got me captivated to read the book. You say, build your audience first, then go create your product. That's an interesting premise. Uh, tell me how it works in the real world. Oh, well, you know, it's interesting that we, if you think about how most businesses start, they say, oh, we've got a product or service that's just going to change the world. It's fantastic. I was the same way. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's how most businesses start. The problem is if you're a startup or a small business, you cannot. It's very hard to compete with the billion-dollar budgets that you're going to be competing with in any marketplace you go into. And what we found out is there's a better way to go to market. What if you build a loyal audience that knows, likes, and trusts you over time? And then what we found is if you do that, and they do know, like, and trust you, you can literally launch any products or services you want to because they trust you so much they're going to try it. And we found that over and over and over with the case studies in all these particular industries all over the world. I just think that's a better way to start a business today because we can uh, get our own audience because we have 24-7 access to the Internet, so does our consumers. We have to create content that's compelling to them, that draws them in. And, uh, you know, this Internet thing is a pretty fantastic tool, 
But the problem is most businesses don't use it properly. We sort of throw up content all over the place that we don't think about. Here, there's a strategic approach for doing this the right way. You know, I want to start there because there, there's so much conversation on the web, uh, and, and I'm sure in the industry you walk through this all the time. It's not that content hasn't become ubiquitous. I mean, everybody has it. It's just, it, it seems like they're just throwing it against the wall, Joe, and you advocate a much different approach. But tell, tell, tell the audience a couple, three things that, that you see when you walk into a business almost consistently people are doing wrong in terms of what they do with content marketing. Well, the, boy, there's so many things. We could spend the whole show just talking about all the mistakes that people are making. <laughs> we don't want them to make anymore. But a couple of things. First of all, if you are creating – 90% of businesses out there are creating what they would think of as content marketing or educational content trying to attract an audience. The first problem is they're not telling a different story. The content they're creating is just like any other content you can find out there, and we talk about that in the second step of the book, which is called The Content Tilt which means that you have to find an area of little to no competition on the web, that you actually have a fighter's chance of breaking through the clutter. Nobody's doing this. We're, we're basically, I mean, look at anybody listening to this, look at the content you're creating, whether it's blog posts, webinars, uh, you know, podcasts, videos, whatever the case is, it's probably similar to everything else that's out there. So how are you going to cut through the clutter? You actually have to tilt that approach and look at it a little bit differently. The second thing is we try to go after too many audiences at one time. If you're, if you're targeting two different audiences with your message, let's say you're targeting an executive audience and you say, I'm going to go out to CEOs and CFOs, you're already irrelevant. You can't, you can't be specific enough to two audiences. You have to focus on one. So that's another area. And the one thing that I just think is amazing, and you mentioned this, most businesses just throw up their content. They're, oh, we're going to do Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat or whatever else comes along, and they start throwing up all this kind of content. But what we found is, is that those that really win the battle for attention are focusing on one content type. That's audio, video, textual. One platform, my blog or website, YouTube or iTunes. They're consistently delivering, which means that if it's every Monday, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every Saturday, we're making an appointment with our customers and we do it consistently over time. We don't do it here or there. We don't do it on a campaign basis over six months. We do it consistently like a media company would, like a publisher would, over time. So those are the first three things that we see right away, and we can go out of business and say, look, you have to focus on these things first before you start creating all this content, and it's gonna, we don't want it to be a waste of your time. We want you to actually have an idea of what you're supposed to do with it. Yeah, Joe Polizzi joins me here in the locker room talking content marketing. You want to find his brand new book, by the way, Content Inc. One of those books, and it seems like I've had three now just in the past month, Joe, th three phenomenal books absolutely deserve to be on the bookshelf, the kind of books that you're going to want to read and reference and use as a guide. And, and the interesting thing, though, Joe, is when, when you talk about content marketing, you've been doing this from the, from the beginning. It has changed quite a bit. Now, I'm going to ask you an interesting question that just occurs to me. How long do you think it is before Content Inc. becomes sort of kind of irrelevant, you know, because just because of the advances that happen or these timeless principles? Well, you know, that's a great question, Kelly. I guess I would say this. Consumers have had more content to engage in than, let's say, than when the printing press was invented. There was, sure. There's way too much content for any one person to engage in. And we think that, oh, there's too much content clutter out there. There's always been too much content clutter out there. But if we're really smart and we target the right audience and we really focus on a content niche that we can actually be the leading expert in the world, there's always room for that. So 
So what we're seeing now is a lot of people will say, a lot of frustrated businesses out there will say, look, there's just too much stuff out there. There's no way somebody's going to pay attention to my content. Well, actually, there's more opportunity than ever before out there because we can reach an audience. I mean, when I started in this business, as you say, this was 16 years ago, if you wanted to get a content management system together, I mean, right away you're talking over $100,000 just to put that together. If you're going to put a media publishing platform together, it's going to take you quite a bit of resources to purchase the audience, to get people to opt into your messaging. We don't have that issue anymore. We actually can reach our audience. They're already out on the web. We just have to find them, but we have to focus on something that interests them. So I guess I would say, look, yes, a lot of content clutter. There always will be. There will be more content clutter tomorrow, but more opportunity to reach a particular audience now than ever before. But we've got to make sure we have a strategy behind it first. Wow, that's great stuff. Well, it's it's good to know that, as you mentioned, things change, but they, they always kind of stay the same. They do. My, my, my question in terms of content today, though, as we talk about clutter is, do you, do you have to be wild or crazy or, or uh, you know, how, how out there do you have to be in order to actually get noticed? Well, I actually don't think you have to be different is what you have to be. You, Just have different. To, you have to provide real value that's different from what everyone else is, is talking about. I'll give you an example. I talked, this, is, this happened recently. So I talked to a, an owner of a pet supplies company, small local pet supplies company, and they said, Joe, I want to start a blog on, on pet supplies. I said, that's great. I said, do you realize that Petco and PetSmart have multiple billion-dollar budgets, and they're doing the same thing on pet supplies? How are you going to break through the clutter? And we started going through, and we figured out they had a whole line of products and services around people that like to travel with their pets. And we started to really figure out what could their content niche be to sell more of these high-margin products. And we said, well, what if you started a publication or a consistent content offering for specifically for people that like to travel with their pets, let's say dogs, in recreational vehicles in, let's say, you know, southern Florida? That's how niche I'm talking about, Kelly, getting wow. that niche and really focusing on that because that right there, there's nobody covering that niche. You can be the leading expert in that, and then you can broaden out. So we, you cannot get niche enough. You cannot get small enough, and the, it's a temptation for small businesses to want to go broad because they say, oh, I want more of an audience. You can't fall into that seduction. You actually have to focus on that niche that you can actually dominate, and that's, I think, the biggest part where we just, we just think, oh, there's all this audience out there, let's just go get them. But we have to be smart and strategic about it and focus on a very small particular niche. Joe Polizzi joins me here in the business locker room. Find him online, joepolizzi.com. Also, you're going to want to take a look at contentmarketinginstitute.com if you have not already done so. Well, that, that, that makes it really interesting because from my perspective as a sales guy, one of the, we've talked about the same kinds of things in in dominating a niche. The interesting thing, Joe, about dominating a niche is that doesn't pre prevent you then, once you've developed that audience, from selling outside of that niche. So, mm -hmm. you know, they, they probably have all kinds of pet products, and certainly uh, they can sell those as well as they develop their own unique audience. Well, that's a great point. I mean, so, so let's say that you're a business-to-business -business company, and you might say the average B2B company has seven to nine buyers, influencers, gatekeepers in that buying decision-making process. So if, you, if they come over to, let's say, contentmarketinginstitute.com, and they'll say, but Joe, what do I do? I've got nine different audiences to target. And I always say, target one. Start with one. 
You don't start with maybe the lowest hanging fruit. Start with the main buyer. Start with the influencer. Start with the gatekeeper. You might have different marketing plans. You might have referral opportunities if you're a sales guy to get some of those other buyers and influencers, but you're going to say, look, this is the opportunity we have to build an asset. Let's focus on this one particular audience instead of everyone else. And I mean, I'll take it, take Content Marketing Institute, for example. We have nine different audience or buyer personas, as they call it, targets that we're going after that we want to change their or maintain their behavior in some way. We only target two with a content marketing effort. So you don't have to go out and send content to everyone. You could say, this is the one that makes the most sense. This is what we're going to build the asset around. This is the platform. And then you figure out you're going to market to those other people or communicate with those other people different ways. You bet. Hey, when we come back after the break, Joe, we're going to talk about the six steps that you break down in your book, Content Inc. Before we get to that point, talk about platforms. You mentioned them, and there's so many now. If, if you were starting from scratch today, and you've got really the, the most advanced knowledge probably capable, wh where would you start? I mean, if you were starting a new company of some kind, whether it was B2C or a, a B2B effort, or maybe those are different, but if you were starting a new business, what, what platform would you start with? Well, I'm going to give you the uh, the standard answer first, Kelly, and it's, it depends. It depends <laughs> on who your okay. audience is. Here's but, my me, but I'll digress. Yes. Let me bring it back. I'll say it <laughs> okay. depends, but if I have my choice, I want it to be my blog or my website, and I'll tell you okay. why. Okay. It's because if you build your platform, let's say, on YouTube, or you build it on Facebook, or you build that on LinkedIn, which is very popular for salespeople, which is fine, but here's the thing. As you build an audience on that platform, you build connections on LinkedIn or fans or followers on Twitter or Facebook, you don't control those connections. And we've seen this firsthand happen with Facebook where everybody started spending hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of dollars for some of these large enterprises, building these audiences on Facebook. And then Facebook said, hey, you know what, we're going to change our algorithm. You, don't ha you can't talk to those people anymore. You, you can't connect with those and now really Facebook's becoming, for a lot of businesses, pay-to-play. It's a great paid advertising platform, but not, you can't get your organic updates out to, those, uh, out to those individuals anymore because Facebook took that away. So if I'm going to start somewhere, I want to start on my own blog or my own website, that being my content hub, because I have the most control over that, and we'll probably talk about this later, because I want to create my own subscribers, leveraging email heavily. Email is not dead big opportunity in email today and focus on where I have the most control and that would be your blog or your website. You bet. You mentioned cost. Uh, you mentioned it would be $100,000 16 years ago to create the kind of content hub that you're talking about today. What do the numbers look like today? How's it changed? Well, I mean, if you look at 19% of the world right now uses a WordPress platform. WordPress is a free content management uh, service that you can use. You need a developer to help you do that. You can go online and and look at a lot of different opportunities. I mean, if, you, if you're a small business today, getting a good, solid developer and help you with a WordPress platform, uh, it probably costs you a couple thousand dollars at most to get that going. And that's on, honestly, Kelly, that's why a lot of people do go to Facebook and they go to LinkedIn and they go to things that they don't have any um, investment in to spend, and that's sort of the seduction behind it. But I would say if you're a smart business owner, if you're a smart salesperson, I would focus on getting that website up and running that it's so that when you update something, it's findable in search and on uh, search engines like Google, and you have a home place hub there where you direct people to, even if you're using all those social media outlets, at the end of the day, they're going to go to your own content, 
and they're going to subscribe to your updates, and you can sign them up as a member of your audience. But So, yeah, it, it doesn't cost that much anymore. And then the promotion that you get leveraging social media is, in essence, just a matter of your time and your internal resources and you're going to spend to do that. Hey, we're going to take our first break. We'll come back after the break. Much more from Joe Polizzi, his brand-new book, Content, Inc., How Entrepreneurs Use Content to Build Massive Audiences and Create Radically Successful Businesses. Later in the show, by the way, join me for the X's No segment with Miles Austin. We're going to talk about YouTube, brand-new product they have, YouTube Red. Much more to come from BizLocker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs. We'll be back right after this. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time National Salesperson of the Year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, many thanks to John Spence, one of our frequent guests here in Biz Locker Radio. Fantastic book he's written, too, by the way. It's called Awesomely Simple. Make sure you find it. Thanks to everyone uh, who contributes, uh, coaches in the Business Locker Room. Great to have all of those guys, and John Spence is one of those. Hey, we're in a conversation with Joe Polizzi. We're talking about Content, Inc., how entrepreneurs use content to build massive audiences and create radically successful businesses. Before we get back to Joe, I want to tell you next week, going to have a fantastic show on tap as well as we continue to just get out there. Oren Clough will join me. have had Oren on before. He wrote the book Pitch Anything. Dude is awesome. Can't wait to get him back on board. And then the 16th of November, again, every Monday, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, Mark Robert, Chief Revenue Officer of HubSpot, will be on. And, of course, uh, we talked to him a few months ago in his uh, new book. Seems like everybody's got a new book, Joe, but that's what I like about BizLocker Radio. That's how we distinguish ourselves. We get great guests like you on board, and we talk about uh, great books that, like the one that you've written. Hey, Joe is at Joe Polizzi on uh, Twitter and then JoePolizzi.com. You're going to want to make sure you track him down. Hey, you, you break it down inside the book. You talk about a business startup process that has six steps to it, and then you go into great detail. I'd, I'd really love for you to kind of take us, you know, the short version, the Cliff Notes version, if you will, through those uh, six pieces. So you mentioned one of those already as we were talking content tilt, but uh, that we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. What's the first step in the process? Yeah, so basically the first step, and everyone has this, Kelly, is called the sweet spot. And that's what I it, basically, the sweet spot is that intersection between if you're an entrepreneur, something you're super passionate about because you're going to have to get up all the time and create all this content, be motivated to do this. So that's your passion area. If you are an existing business, you might focus that passion around a customer pain point. So that's on one side. And it intersects with what, are, what do you have the authority to communicate on? Where is your knowledge or skill area that's a little bit different from everything else? And those two things coming together is your sweet spot. Now, I'll say this, 
most businesses then find their sweet spot. It's not difficult to find. I mean, I think we, we could all go through a program and say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's our sweet spot. But most businesses start their content program there. They don't take the all-important next step, and that's where everybody falls down because they don't take that step. And they go into step two. I'll kind of package these together for you, Kelly, because that's all a part of building the strategy is what we mentioned, the content tilt. You have to take that sweet spot and tilt that in such a way that you create a differentiated story. And I would just say to everyone listening to this, look at the content you're creating right now and really take an honest look at it. Is it a different, are you telling a different story to that particular audience or are you just creating content that's already out there in multiple different formats from hundreds of companies? So you really got to think about what that is, and those two are the strategy. And every one of the companies we talk to as case studies in the book focused on those two. What's my sweet spot, and then what's my content tilt? Where do I actually have a competitive advantage to create content around a certain area that I can be the leading expert? Yeah, you, you really raise an interesting point, though. You talk about having some, some level of authority and or credibility and or competitive advantage. but. Joe, the interesting question I hear a lot is, well, hey, I'm, I'm not the world's foremost number one in everybody's mind's authority on a particular topic. Does that prevent me from building that audience? No, absolutely not. I mean, you could find that directly from your passion. I'll give you an example. So, and I love this case study, and uh, forgive me because I, I chuckle when I talk about it sometimes, but Andy Schneider is called the Chicken Whisperer. And he's built this amazing <laughs> platform. Andy is the foremost leader in the world on raising chickens in your backyard. So this, there's actually, this is actually a thing. This is a thing that, and what, what happened is, you know, he went to, uh, I think he went to a flea market or something like that, and he saw some chickens, and he, he's, he lives in a suburb of Atlanta, and he says, I, I want to take these chickens home and raise them. He couldn't find any information on how to do it. He couldn't find, like, who's the expert, what's going on, and he was so interested in this, Kelly, that he started to do research. He started to call out the people, started to figure out, you know, how do you raise chickens in your backyard if you're not, like, a full-time farmer? Is this even a thing? Started to do that and started to research it, and then he had became, like, quite a bit of an expert in it. And then he had his neighbors call out to him and say, hey, Kelly, I want to do that. He got a meetup in Atlanta going together about people that like to raise chickens in your backyard. Then he had other <laughs> cities call up. He's doing meetups all around the country about people that like to raise chickens in their backyard. It became so popular, he actually started a radio show uh, uh, that he now has 20,000 weekly listeners for people that want to raise chickens in their backyard. He's built a ma and then he, on top of that, he's built a magazine, the, the best-selling book on Amazon around raising your chickens in your backyard. He goes all over the world, has sponsored tours. It's unbelievable, and that's the thing. He, he, it was just an interest area to him, Kelly, but he found out that this is my passion. I want to teach. I want to find out more about this thing actually made himself the expert in that. But again, it was a niche. It's a niche upon a niche and something that there was an opportunity because nobody else was doing this. And he became the expert self-taught, took him a few months. And lo and behold, here he is, the foremost leader in the world, uh, raising chickens in your backyard. And I'm talking about him in my book. That is crazy. I, I remember when I read that story in the book, I was laughing so hard. I couldn't imagine that anybody would even have uh, the gumption or the audacity, you know, to, to pursue it. You're thinking, no, surely I'm like one of, you know, four people on the planet that even cares about this stuff. But you're right. I mean, that, that's the whole thing you were getting back to is niche, 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 right? I mean, that, that's about as niched as it gets. Uh, and, and then, of course, he did, he did become the expert. 
He did. He absolutely did. I mean, look at. I mean, the a lot of the people that are listening to your show, Kelly. I mean, they might say, "Hey, I'm a sales professional in this area," or in let's say you're a sales professional in the manufacturing industry. Uh, how many sales professionals are out there in the manufacturing industry? You can't do anything with that. There's too many people to target, and it's not a fine-tuned enough area. Let's say, for example, I wanted to start right now into content marketing. I couldn't do it, Kelly. It's too much competition. When right. I started in 2007, I was the only one talking about it, and that's why we built the, the platform of Content Marketing Institute around that. But today I'd have to say it's got to be content marketing for nonprofits or for financial services or for banks or, or targeting you know, entrepreneurs that are focusing on, uh, you know, let's say, uh, oh, what would it be, Small, like local, local marketing or something. I'd have to really, really get niche into that area, and we don't ever take that next step. And I think it's that next step like Andy took that made all the difference. Well, you know, I remember from our first interview, the thing that, that mesmerized me about our conversation was you actually changed the language. I mean, you sort of developed the idea, the, the terminology of content marketing. You were in the publishing world. Do you think that's something that, that people can do? Can you, can you change the language in order to create a little more finely tuned niche? Well, I'll give you, well, you know, we talked about this on the last show that you know, nobody was calling it content marketing. And I, as I was meeting with sales professionals, the chief marketing officers, they weren't resonating to any of the curtain terms for our industry. Custom publishing, custom content, branded content didn't mean anything to those people. But when I said content marketing, they said, oh, I'm a marketer. This content, I get it. So they didn't really get it, but it, it resonated with them. It piqued their interest enough to find out more. And that's where I felt there was an advantage. And you mentioned you've got a guest coming up from HubSpot, Mark Roberge. Right. HubSpot did the same thing. They took this idea called inbound marketing, made it their own. Nobody talked about inbound marketing, but the concepts of inbound marketing had been talked about for years and years. They put a different moniker to it and were very successful, and now they're one of the most successful public companies on the planet, growing like crazy. And I make, and we talk about this in the book, I think one of the reasons is, is because they renamed the industry and said, this is what we need to call it. They put a big content platform behind it, and lo and behold, they're HubSpot now, and they're doing great, and it's, and it's really because they built this Content Inc. approach. Yeah, no question about that. Well, let's move along then. So you've got to have, you got to find your sweet spot, then you've got to tilt the content into a, a niche that makes a lot of sense for you. You're the expert, and you have the passion around that. What's step number three? Step number three. So step number one, step number two, you're not creating any content yet. You're building the strategy. Then you get right. to step number three. You're starting to create content. We talked about this a little bit. It's, it's four things. You build that base. Building the base is step three. One content type. Don't just throw your content all over in all different forms. Focus is, what, is it on audio? Is it video? Is it textual? What's my platform? We talked about it. Should it be your blog or website? I think that should be your first go-to place. But maybe your audience is on iTunes, and that's a good place to start. And then you're just going to have to figure out a way to get those people to your website. Maybe it's on YouTube. And then you consistently deliver. And I really mean this. Like, this is where a lot of businesses fall down, Kelly, is they're like, oh, yeah, I blog, uh, you know, every once in a while or sometimes on Monday, sometimes on Friday, or I do a podcast every once in a while. Like, you and I, we really focus on consistently. We have a show. This is when it is. Here's our content going out. This is when it is. We talk about uh, John Lee Dumas, is Entrepreneur on Fire. He's got a great mm -hmm. podcast. He mm -hmm. sends his podcast out at 3.30 Eastern time in the morning every day, and he's done it for 1,160 days straight. And now he's wow. a multimillionaire. 
Wow. I mean, that's the, that's kind of what we're talking about. It doesn't take more work than I think a lot of the other things we're doing. We just don't think about it. it's different kind of work. It's a different kind of thinking. And we're not necessarily selling directly. We're helping. And everything we send out is always helpful. And, of course, we are promoting products and services as we go. But if we deliver enough value, then we can later extract that value. You can't extract value before you actually deliver value. So that building the base is really, really important, and that's the third step. Oh, that's great stuff. So you're, you're, you're now focused on a singular platform. You're being consistent. You're delivering value to your audience. And, you know, if, if I look at what we talked about earlier, we may not have even picked a product yet per se. I, I, don't, know, I don't know when the product gets inserted, but you're talking about building the audience first and then creating the product. G give me a sense of if, if we really were starting with an audience first, when would we begin to insert the product side of it? So I think right about, we, so Brian Clark, who wrote the forward for the book, and he runs an organization called Copyblogger Media, now one of the fastest growing software as a service companies on the planet. Brian started blogging 19 months straight, and then he didn't start selling products against that for 19 months. Now, I don't expect anybody to say, oh, I can't sell for 19 months. If you're an entrepreneur or salesperson, you're looking to sell right away. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> the problem is, is you probably won't be successful until you build a loyal audience. And Brian calls this a minimum viable audience. And it's different for everyone. For us, we wanted to focus on and hit 10,000 subscribers, email subscribers. That was our goal. Uh, if you look at somebody like a Matthew Patrick, who is one of the most successful YouTubers on the planet, he targets a consumer audience. His, his goal was 500,000. So it could be for you, it could be a thousand, could be could be five thousand, could be a hundred if you're selling multi million dollar products. You never know. So that's where we want to focus on yeah, we're always thinking about what we can possibly sell, but we want to focus on building that audience up to that whatever that goal is that you set for yourself that you think you need to have that subscriber base before you then go and start promoting your product and service next to it. Well, and the strategy is, is brilliant in its simplicity, Joe, and that is that by the time you start showing people a product or service that they can get from you, you've already developed a, a real relationship of trust with them, so they're, they're really interested in what you have to talk about. Well, I think the key is, and why this is, it's a backwards process for most people, but here's what most, unless you go through it, you don't know, and this is what we talked about in the book. Once you build a relationship with an audience that knows, likes, and trusts you, they will absolutely start telling you what they want to buy. And it happened in Brian Clark's case, and it happened in, in our case as well. I mean, I, the, pro, the product that we rolled out in 2008, 2009, that was my idea. I thought it was the greatest idea in the world, and nobody wanted to buy it. And then I was so dejected, we were going to stop the business altogether. I said, this is miserable, I'm a failure. And then I started to realize and stop focusing on the product, and I said, well, what should I sell? And then I started looking at all the emails and the calls we received, and they were all around, Joe, we'd like to come in and do speaking. Joe, we need more education. Joe, we need more training. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Kelly, it was right in front of me the whole time where we should actually start selling education and training products because that's what they need, and they didn't need this, this other thing that we were trying to sell them. So your audience, as they know, like, and trust you, will absolutely start telling you this is what we want. And you can do beta tests on this. I see it all the time with the – case studies we talk to. It's like, you don't even have to go and build the product yet. You could go and reach out to them and say, hey, I'm thinking about selling this. Would you buy it? That's what we did with our first product. We said, hey, we want to launch this. We went out and pre-sold support for it, got it funded before we even launched it, and that's how we got uh, Content Marketing Institute going. Uh, that's great stuff. Joe Polizzi on board with me today in the business locker room. And hey, 
I've said it over and over again. You're going to want to find contentmarketinginstitute.com. By the way, just as an aside, Joe, before we wrap up on the, the, the last three of the six steps, you guys do a big uh, conference every year, and you just uh, wrap that one up in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, right? We did, called Content Marketing World. It was our fifth year anniversary. Uh, we started it in 2011. We were hoping for 100 to 150 people to come to Cleveland. We ended up getting 600 that year. And this year we had uh, 3,500 marketers from 55 countries coming into Cleveland. It's the largest event in the industry. And, uh, again, same thing. We just listened to what our audience wanted and what they needed. And Content Marketing World was our key, key event. And uh, we're already raring up for, for the 2016 event, believe it or not. Oh, congratulations. Great, Thank great, you. great story from you guys. All right, so step number four. So step number four, we're building the base, right? We just went through that formula. Now we want to focus on harvesting the audience. We need that opt-in subscriber base. And this is where I want you to, of course, I want you to use and leverage social media, but I want you to build an audience of email subscribers. And we found this over and over again, Kelly, is that as much as social media savvy companies that we talk to, the core of their audience and where they generate ultimately most of their sales comes from their email. So what we need to do to make that happen is we bring them back to our website. We've got to have a really fantastic e-newsletter, not a spam newsletter. has to be one that they definitely want to read because everybody has one, two, or three every day that they want to read. You've got to be one of those. And then you've got to create a really valuable giveaway. Like is it a research report? Is it an e-book, a white paper? Something where you can have that exchange of value where people will actually give you your email address, the correct one hopefully, so that you can then sign them up for your email newsletter and begin that ongoing communication with them. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. So now you've, you've got the credibility. You begin to build that base. Step number f five now. So, so you've, now you're harvesting the audience. Now you built that minimum viable audience. Now you're diversifying. Now you're, you're saying, okay, now I'm going to launch the podcast. Now I'm going to do the videos. Now I'm going to do uh, the in-person the in event like we did, or maybe it's a little print newsletter or print magazine or whatever the case is. Now you diversify. And generally what we see is uh, the, the content and case studies will diversify two or three different places. They might say, oh, I'm going to create a LinkedIn group over here, or I'm going to create an amazing podcast over here. But you don't want to start those things until you've already got the audience following you on that one platform for building the base, and then, and only then, do you then diversify into other things that we talk about. You want to be the octopus. You want to, you want to have those eight legs of content love that you want to send out, wrap your audience in those legs, and the more and more of those legs you send out, you're going to be more successful as long as you've built that base to start with. Joe, I've just got two minutes before we wrap up, but suddenly this, this big question pops up in my mind. A lot of people are listening to the, to the show today, listening to the podcast uh, as they're driving in their cars. What if they've started out wrong and they didn't do it right and they're down the road and they've just kind of bungled it all up? Do, they, do you go back to step one or how far back do you have to retrench? You, you don't have to go back to step By the way, that's almost everybody, Kelly. <laughs> <I> mean, everybody <laughs> yeah, I would started. assume. Almost everybody started off the wrong way. What I, what I would probably do is go back to step two and relook okay. at did you really pick the appropriate content niche? Are you focused on one audience in one particular area? Focus on that. Then you look at what assets you currently have. Maybe you already have some of those assets that, you could, that you've already built partial the ba partially the base, 
and then you sort of pivot on your content model. So I would go back to step two of the content tilt, then look at your base. Maybe you started that on something like YouTube or iTunes, and you might say, this is a better platform for my blog or website. I'm going to restart there. But you, you already have a lot of that content. Maybe, maybe you just need to give it a little different look, a little different feel, a little different approach, but you already have some assets that you can reuse and relaunch your program. All right, good stuff. Then finally, number six, step number six in the book. Number six, that's where everybody's waiting for, right? That's money. Yep. Monetization is the last step. And, <laughs> okay. and there's nine different, we talk about this in the book, there's nine different ways that you can make money off of this, whether it's off of advertising sponsorship, whether you want to sell more products and services, whether it's even donations. We do it off of events at Content Marketing Institute. Whatever it is, then, and you want, as a good entrepreneur, you start this process from the beginning. You're always thinking about how you're going to generate revenue from this. But we put it at step six because usually you have to go through the first five. And then once you really start to, gener start to look at what you're going to sell, it really takes off. And Content Inc. models grow faster than any other model because they already have a built-in customer database. That email database that you've been harvesting, they're ready to buy. They already know, like, and trust you, and you're ready to go. Uh, he is Joe Polizzi, author of Content, Inc., now his uh, fourth book, Joe, right? Fourth book, number four, you got it. Content, Inc., how entrepreneurs use content to build massive audiences and create radically successful businesses. If you don't have a copy, make sure you get one immediately. You can get a hard copy. You can get it uh, on Kindle and I'm sure some other ways as well. Joe, can't thank you enough. Thanks for joining us here in BizLocker Radio. Kelly, thank you so much. Great to have you. All right, we're going to take our second time out. We're going to come back on the other side. My buddy from Seattle, my good friend Miles Austin, will join us. They got a victory over the weekend over the Cowboys, so I'm sure he's in a little better mood than he has been over the past few weeks. We're going to talk X's and O's. We'll talk about YouTube Red. You're going to want to stay with me. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is BizLocker Radio on Voice America. We'll be with you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One -on -one Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step -step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time National Salesperson of the Year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Hey, hey, welcome back. Biz Locker Radio presented by the Business Locker Room and our brand new sponsor, Title Sponsors. Great to have them on board. Rehearsal VRP. Find them at RehearsalVRP.com. Man, I want to tell you a little bit about this particular product. We are so excited not only to have them as a sponsor, but as a tool that I'm using in my practice that uh, provides a safe place to practice communication with both customers and colleagues. Think of it not only as a role play platform, which it has tremendous value there, I'll tell you more about that, but also as a place where you can do training and practice and best practices 
create a series of videos for new hires and onboarding and on and on and on it goes. And it's interactive, meaning that if I set up a role play on video, somebody can then practice that role play, submit it by video. One or more coaches can then look at that video, provide commentary back to whomever has done the role play, and, and thus it continues. So you can practice, be coached, be mentored. Hey, when you think about the fact that according to Gallup, 80 to 90% of sales training has no lasting impact after 120 days, a lot of that has to do with the fact that you simply don't practice. RehearsalVRP.com. I'm really excited. Thanks to Jeff Curlis, Derek Volpa, the guys over at Rehearsal VRP. We're going to talk more about them in future shows. Actually have them on and let them talk more about the product as well. We turn our attention to the X's No segment with Miles Austin out of Seattle. Miles, how you doing? Doing great, buddy. How about you? I'm doing fine, man. Uh, you know, nail-biter game for you guys this weekend. I guess it's a good time of year because every week we start off with a little football reference. But it's kind of a it's kind of a close call there for a while, wasn't it? It was. We we you know I think it was not close as it has been all year. It hasn't been close most of the game until the fourth quarter, and then it's like, oh my gosh, hold on to your seat, hold your breath, and uh, let's hope we get by with it. But uh, yeah, at least we got the win. And the truth was, I was anxious to get the darn game over with because I wanted to flip over and watch the last uh, what ended up being the last game of the World Series, which was a nail biter and a real thrilling, entertaining game to watch. I think no matter which side you were on of that one. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Of course, I'm from the Midwest, so big Royals fans. Actually, b- biggest fan of the Cardinals, kind of grew up with them, but the Royals and the Rangers being close, we're typically rooting for a Midwestern team. Well, hey, let's talk X's and O's. By the way, Miles Austin joining me. You can find him on Twitter at Miles Austin, and he's the Fill the Funnel guy, fillthefunnel.com. They call him the web tools guy out there because he's widely recognized as the preeminent uh, expert on productivity tools. And, and we talk, Miles, about a lot of different things from, from video production to, to Evernote and all kinds of things to schedule appointments and on and on and on. I joke with people that I've probably incorporated more of these tools than any of our listeners. But you've got a really interesting thought today about a product called YouTube Red. Tell the audience about it. Absolutely, gang. I think that the simple way to describe what YouTube's new service is, YouTube Red, uh, you just go to youtube.com slash red. Um, it's really the same old YouTube without ads. Huh. And I've had a couple clients go, well, ads, I, don't you, if you think about it, you go and let's say just talking, you know, to, to add on to what Joe was just talking about, you've got a video out there on YouTube, you share it with your audience as you build more and more uh, people to follow what you do. And you got that, they see it. And then there's these ads popping up all the time, either on the bottom, on the side, your competitors' ads, and whoever they might be. What YouTube Red does, it's a monthly subscription service from YouTube that removes the advertisements from all videos every, everywhere you watch them. And the everywhere is a really important piece, so let me get to that. Using YouTube Red, you won't see any ads on the YouTube website or within the YouTube apps on your mobile app, and now on TVs, especially now with the release of Apple TV's newest version, there's going to be a lot of conversation over it. Not just because it's a pretty cool product, but it's Christmas time, and more and more people are using uh, products from Google, like Chromecast, or Android TV, or Apple TV, or Roku, and all of those, to get that information from the web up on your big screen TV, even if it's for entertainment, and more and more for education. 
And so with YouTube Red, I have clients already now that are buying a YouTube Red subscription for their private consulting clients because it lets them watch the training without all the other distractions. And it's worth 10 bucks a month for my clients to say, I'll buy it for you, watch my content in that service, because that way you're not going to be distracted, not only by ads for other products and cool new, um, you know, uh, uh, Justin Bieber videos, but also <laughs> from your competition, right? Because that right. also is out there if your competition is doing smart keyword search and ad placement on YouTube. Yeah, he's Miles Austin, fillthefunnel.com. You want to subscribe to his blog. You get updates and notices on all these really cool new tools. And then we talk about him more here on the X's and O's segment on Biz Locker Radio. So I've got a YouTube channel. I decide to, I assume I can transfer right into YouTube Red if I want to. Then if I've got my videos on YouTube Red and I want to embed one of them on my website, do I skip all the uh, ads there as well? Well, yeah, it depends really on the, the two real pieces that you're going to find, Kelly, and this is really the power of this. Um, you know, you talk all the time about subscribing to the show on iTunes because you can download it. It can be on your local device, right? right. Think about this. Now you can do the exact same thing with offline viewing and listening to videos and you're not even connected. YouTube Red has these two main benefits. You can now download and watch these videos offline and you can do it on multiple devices, wherever that might be. So the ability now for you to download a video, not without all the fancy tools we talk about, but literally click it and say, I'd like to watch this later um, when I get to uh, the hotel, when I'm traveling or wherever it might be, or at home in my office. You click that button, it comes down, it downloads it to your local uh, device, uh, big or small, and it keeps it available for 30 days. So again, in my world, uh, in the consulting world, it's... Um, my clients want to know how can I get the best and most value and most bang for the buck for the people that are buying my products or my services. Huh. Interesting. Well, I, I man, you've really raised something big there. So you're telling me that now, like iTunes, I can go onto YouTube and, and subscribe, download, uh, say, a series of four training videos, if you will, and I can have them on a mobile device, my laptop, my iPad. Uh, my Surface tablet, whatever the case may be. And so then I could listen to it on a plane or, or, or watch it on a plane or whatever and, and, and have access offline. That, that's a pretty big deal. Well, it is. And that's why I think, you know, I've had a lot of people say, well, you know, I already have Netflix, so I don't know if I need another video download kind of capability. But what's interesting to me was, and I haven't heard anyone talk about it in this approach yet, I believe as a business person, I'll buy your YouTube Red subscription for you. Because I want you to be able to get my content, my videos, my training, my consulting, and my guidance without all the other distractions. And I want you to be able to do it whenever, wherever. And think about it. If, not, if now a part of my engagement with you as a client is you're getting YouTube read at no, quote, separate additional cost. It's all bundled into what I do. I know I've added something compelling that other people, at least at this point, are not doing and probably haven't even thought about. Well, it's really interesting. Let's 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 go back to you know, some of Joe's comments about platforms and content marketing and those kinds of things. So, where where do you, where do you see someone successfully creating um, some sort of campaign or a marketing niche around YouTube Red? How would how would you see that being used? 
Well, you know, I tell you what, Kelly, I, I, man, I love, I love this conversation because it's really a core of what I do in my private consulting. So I, I kind of believe that there's three, uh, and I hate to use the word, but there's a pyramid, if you will, kind of visualize in your mind. And I think there's three different categories of consulting services that we can offer to our clients, right? So if you picture that pyramid, the very highest one, the one that's the most desirable is what I call the done-for-me category, right? That's right. at the peak, so it's the smallest area. And so if, I, if, I have a, if I'm a guy selling diet, if I could do the diet for my client, if I can eat the right vegetables and work out and run five miles a day, if I can do all that for you, that might be worth $50,000. Now, I'm using a goofy example, right? But that's what I call the done-for-me consulting segment. Okay. Very high-priced. The next one down, that middle, which I really believe is a sweet spot for most of us in the business consulting world, is the do it, what I call the do it with me, D-I-W-M. And that's <laughs> where you want the client, the customer wants you to be there with them. And I think it's that category which fits right into this YouTube Red scenario. I want to be sitting with you. I want you to show me, talk me through it walk me through it and be right by my side as I do it, right? And then just to kind of complete that pyramid, the bottom, the base, where it's a lot of people, but the value is very low. And very frankly, in my experience, it's where the income is very low for us on the consulting side. So we've gone from do, do it for me or done for me. Then the middle group we just talked about is to do it with me. And the bottom one, you know probably, Kelly, where I'm going, it's do it yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. You just basically sell me the ebook, sell me the manual, I'll go figure it out. Right? And right. so if you look at those in stages from do it my just do it yourself kind of thing, I just buy the manual, that's you know, that's ten bucks, I'll figure it out. You have to have and the pyramid you know de- description will help you with this. It shows you that yes, there is a lot of people down there, but you're making you're doing, you know, you gotta do a thousand at ten dollars a piece to make it worthwhile. If you move into that mid-segment, not only do you distinguish yourself because of what Joe talked about with the value of the content and the branding and the reputation you're building, but you want to do it with me. And now, instead of that, now you've got a much smaller market segment, but the problem then becomes, how do I actually deliver against that, right? Right. And so what happens is, when I move to that very top one, the done for me, there are capabilities in business consulting right now. And I'll use an example. You, you come to me and say, Miles, I want a new website. I, I can do that for you. And I want to have bells over here, and I want to have a whistle down here, and I want it to rotate and flip sideways with blue and pink colors. I can do that for you. Hopefully That's- you'll talk them out of all that nonsense. <laughs> but, <okay. laughs> but my point is, I can do that, and it's the most expensive. So where I'm convinced the real power of a lot of the things we've been talking about, Kelly, with video and audio and this whole content thing that Joe did such a great job explaining is in that middle segment. Do it with me. And anything that I can engage with you is you, I mean, you do a great job when we do the blabs we're doing live, that's a do it with me segment, right? Right. I'm, I'm there with you. There's a per, a much more personal connection. There's more value. There's more comfort. And very frankly, I found there's a lot more accountability built in because there is a feeling of obligation. I, I got to do this because Kelly was standing right there with me or he was on the video with me. And I know that my next session, he's going to be following up on what we just did and I better have it done. 
Yeah, you know, that's a big conversation in the content marketing world is how much do you give away? How much stuff is free? You know, and so much of what people are trying to charge for at the consulting level or business services level is available in that do-it-yourself model that it really makes it, as you mentioned, uh, sort of very low fee or no fee or no interest at all. But the minute you move into the point in time when you begin to use a very powerful medium like video to show people how to do it and to work alongside of them, I, I, I can perceive, Miles, that if you add in that personal consulting piece of it, that becomes very, very valuable without becoming very, very expensive. Uh, absolutely so. And I think that the nice thing about that middle segment, that engagement is scalable, right? It's yes. hard to go, if I have to go take that top of the pyramid and, and build that website using the example uh, for you, I can only do so many, right? There's a physical act of labor that will, there's a limit on time and activities, etc. That middle space, I can scale that up to a much larger level because I'm not having to do it myself, but yet there's a personal connection to the content and the quality and the value of what I'm delivering. It's BizLocker Radio, again, presented by the Business Locker Room and our friends at Rehearsal VRP. Make sure you find them, RehearsalVRP.com. They've created a safe place to practice communication with customers and colleagues. It's a role play platform, a best practices platform. A lot of the things you hear Miles talking about, Rehearsal VRP has got covered. Hey, great stuff, Miles. YouTube Red. Find out more uh, from you directly at Miles Austin on, tw on Twitter. And then, of course, fillthefunnel.com. We will see you next week, my friend. We'll be back on Blab, by the way. Good deal. Looking forward look, to it. Looking forward to it. Hey, special thanks uh, to Joe Polizzi, author of Content, Inc. Make sure you go track him down. Content Marketing Institute. If you're in the marketing world, you've probably already done that. Fantastic guy. Fantastic book. And I wholeheartedly, 100% want to tell you, that's one of those books that if you have any interest in content marketing as a part of your business, you need to go find it. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Episode number 75. We've got this thing in the can. Great to have you on board. Again, find us on iTunes. Download the episodes. Listen to them on your daily commute. Go back and take some notes. You're going to be glad you did. Find us at bizlockerradio.com. Follow me. I'm your host, Kelly Riggs, at Kelly Riggs on Twitter. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Biz Locker Radio with Kelly Riggs. For more compelling interviews and cutting-edge business content, make sure you join us here again next week. Biz Locker Radio airs every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 3 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Biz Locker Radio is presented by the Business Locker Room. All rights reserved. Opinions expressed by guests on the show may not be the opinions of Business Locker Room Incorporated.